Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hello, friends. Welcome to After 9. Today is Tuesday, the 5th of December, 2023. And wow, there's a lot going on, Kat. There certainly is. I know we're going to mention some layoffs. This is, this is a shitty time of year to hear about layoffs. You know, it really, not that there's ever a good time where you're like, yeah, lay off people in June. But, you know, right around Christmas time, it sucks. So we're going to get to those. And one of those is Spotify. Maybe you guys have heard the news. But I just want to mention, because I got a DM the other day from someone who loves our podcast. They have a subscription to Spotify. And she mentioned, my, I got my mom a little hooked when she's with me. But she doesn't have a Spotify subscription. So how else can she hear the pod? Oh. So I just want to correct that right now because maybe that's you and you have a subscription-based service to Spotify and you're wondering how other people can hear. It's free on Spotify. I don't have a subscription to Spotify. I just have the app on my phone. You just make a profile and boom, you can hear us free. So we don't charge you any money to listen to our podcast, just to make it perfectly clear. So if you want to share it with someone, they're going to be able to listen to it through Spotify without having to pay any money at all. I just want to make that clear because I realize there's people out there who are just used to it. That's their thing. They have Spotify. Some people have Apple, whatever it is, but they assume that it only comes with the subscription. Not the case at all. Well, we can actually talk about Spotify right off the top because it is on on the list of things that we wanted to get to in this episode. When it comes to Spotify, yep, of course, you can listen to the pod that way. Uh, When we first started doing it, it made up less than 2% of our total downloads, people listening on Spotify. Now it's more like 35% of all the downloads come from there. So it makes a huge difference. Uh, Kat, there's a lot of jobs getting lost again. So we'll start with Spotify. They're axing another 17% of their global workforce in the third round of layoffs this year. Another 1,500 people are losing their job in the tech sector. They say it's part of a strategic reorientation Mm -hmm. as they try and slash costs and focus on becoming profitable. You know what I'm wondering about is Spotify was just at those CRTC hearings last week and they asked the government, please don't do this. Don't use this online streaming act to try and and squeeze cash out of us because it's not coming from the right place. Stop coming to us for it. Well, is that further proof when they just laid off another 1,500 employees that maybe we can't do that? Well, I mean, they did admit their mistake, and it's a mistake that a lot of people made. During COVID times, all of our habits changed. A lot more people got that Spotify subscription, for example, and they saw their numbers creeping up and up and up and thought, we are going to be spending a lot of money on people because we need it because so many people love us, and they fully admitted to employees. They said they invested way too much money in those pandemic years of 2020 and 2021, And then now they're kind of just right-sizing costs is what they call it. In other words, they were assuming that life was going to continue on with that same 2020 and 2021 pattern, which we know is not the case. People got a bunch of things and then slowly went down. It kind of always reminds me of when the Peloton, remember when Peloton overdid it and made way too many bikes because they thought, holy shit, look at this spike of people. They're not going to the gym. They're not going back. We'll make a fuck ton of bikes. And then what happened? 
it started to drop off a little bit and then more people were comfortable going back to the gym. Maybe that was the case or less people were interested in doing that or having spaces at their own homes. So they had to kind of pull back a bit and they had made too many. It's kind of similar in that way. And I feel like this is one of these results is because of COVID. The other one could be, yeah, poor decisions just in general. You know what I mean? AI taking over a lot of these roles too. Let's be honest. They're not going to say it, by the way. They're not going to use the words AI has taken over some of these jobs. They're not saying it, but you know that's part of the reason too. But there's so many people in the tech sector losing their job. I think a lot of people who got into tech and they did everything right and they took all their computer courses in college or university and in high school, they went out and they got a job at Facebook Canada or Spotify Canada or whatever. So many of them are losing their jobs now. And it's frustrating because once he works at Spotify, where do you go from there? I don't think Tidal is exactly holding a job fair or anything like that. I mean, that's a specialized well, industry yeah. that you happen to have experience in. And the whole thing is downsizing. I, I'm worried about the amount of people losing their job. And we haven't even gotten to the CBC yet. They laid off 600 plus people yesterday. Now, I'm going to leave you on that little cliffhanger, and we're going to circle back because I want to play for you some of the interview that the CEO of the CBC did last night on the CBC. It was a really great interview. Adrian Arsenault did a fantastic job. We're going to play a little bit of that for you coming up. Before we get to that, though, let's talk about dogs. Yesterday, the provincial government introduced some new legislation that increased the penalties for those caught operating puppy mills. Mm-hmm. Do people know what puppy mills is? Puppy mills. That's, I mean, when you say that, when you say that, I mean, I automatically think about just the saddest place you could imagine. Yeah. It's literally living your life in a kennel as a dog and you're being used for breeding purposes only. And once they get as much of you out of, out of once they get as much out of you as they possibly can, then they kind of toss you aside. It's the saddest thing. The Ford government has introduced new legislation to help make it much more difficult to operate a puppy mill and just continuously crank out dogs that you can sell for two to $5,000 each. The law will make it illegal to inbreed. Hold on a second. How, it's not how, already uh, illegal to inbreed? I, I, I'm telling you. I have So I have a, a friend of mine, and there's a couple stories I have on this that I'm sure I'll tell you guys here. A friend of mine, their family decided to get a dog, and she told me about going to pick this dog up. I felt sick to my stomach the way she described it. Her and her dad went to the door of this place. They weren't allowed in. Huge red flag, guys. Yep. Know everything about that place because if they're doing something wrong, you need to be able to report it or at least let uh, make others aware of it so they stop buying dogs from these people. Wouldn't let them through the front door and kind of handed over the puppy. They took the puppy home. It was extremely sick. Something was wrong. And they were worried that it, it might have been inbreeding, causing issues with health issues and medical issues with the dog. And when they brought the dog to the person, the person scooped the dog up and she just had this feeling in the pit of her stomach like, I think I just killed this dog. Like this person is just going to destroy this dog and keep going. It's the fucking saddest thing. And these people don't care about the dogs. When you say puppy mill, yes, that's what I think of. I know there's breeders that are reputable. They'll let you in. Make sure that it's, it's, it's properly done because I've seen it done properly. And it's, it's fine. But man, there's some sad shit going on out there, Scott. If it's not already illegal to inbreed dogs, then I don't know why yeah. nobody has dealt with this prior to now. But the Ford government has introduced this law, illegal to inbreed. It'll be illegal to breed a female dog more than three times in a two-year period. Wait a second. There was people breeding dogs more than three times in two years? That's awful. That's insanity. And the other one is uh, it'll be illegal to breed a female dog younger than a year old 
Really? We were breeding dogs that are still puppies? Really? The final step, uh, step here is they will also make it illegal to separate a puppy from its mother before eight weeks of age. Oh, thank goodness. People that were doing also, that too? That's something else that was being done? Yeah. Like how disgusting. Oh, just disgusting. That's someone who doesn't care about the dogs at all. Well, you know, I mean, I'm glad that we've introduced these changes. I'm glad that this is on the radar and I've said it before. I'll say it again. If, if a politician comes with a platform that does more to enhance the protections for animals, I'm interested. Yeah. So I'll give the province full credit for doing this. My question is, why now? And, and why have we allowed this illegal shit mm-hmm. to go on all this time? Yeah. That's horrible. And a shout out to the rescue, the rescue places that are there to, to help in those cases. We had, growing up, I had a dog um, named Cashmere. She was a breeder dog. That's what she was good for. And that's all she was good for. And the person t- tossed her on the street when they were done with her. And Ugh. when we got her, the vet had estimated that she had just had puppies less than that eight-week span ago. So someone just took the puppies, went to go sell them, and tossed her aside. And, and of course, she had trust issues. I mean, it was awful for her. She had a, Her life, although it was really, really great and comfortable for the, for the remainder of it with us, you could tell there was so much trauma in this poor baby. She hated people, anyone but us. She fucking hated them, especially men. So you could tell it was probably a large man because anytime we had any, any men come to the door, she lost her absolute fucking mind. Uh, but anyway, it's just it's just awful. I'm, I'm glad to see this happening. But my God, I feel like we need to do more. We do. Speaking of animals, the solicitor general yesterday also announced that the province is going to investigate how that kangaroo Nathan got away on Thursday when it was when its delivery driver made a pit stop at the Oshawa Zoo to let it stretch its legs. Nathan was caught early yesterday. She appeared uninjured. An official with the World Animal Protection of Canada says the escape highlights a major gap in laws and regulations around captive wildlife. That is a good question. Where was this kangaroo going? Why was it in Canada? Why did you stop at some random zoo in Oshawa and decide to let it stretch its legs and then it got away? I assume it was someone that was telling them to do this and it was an association with the zoo. Am I wrong? I don't know. It was on its way to Quebec. Is there? There must be. I assume uh, it was going to another zoo. A zoo or a sanctuary? Is there, do we have kangaroo sanctuaries here? <sighs> Jeez, I, I, hang on, I think we do. I feel like I've heard this before. I feel like I've heard about a kangaroo sanctuary. I know we have like donkey sanctuaries and shit like that. I wonder if we have a kangaroo one. Guys, help me out with this. DM me. Anyway, this- And I want to go. Tell me because <laughs> I'd like to go and support that sanctuary. You know, cops deal with all sorts of shit in a day and- and they don't necessarily get trained on every possible scenario they could encounter. It would be impossible to do that. There's not a chance that even one cop in Ontario that went through the Ontario Police College in Aylmer was trained on how to wrangle a kangaroo that escaped. Not one of them got that training. So the fact that they were able to do it in like three days is pretty amazing. Now, there is a twist to the story. It took two cops to get the kangaroo, and they did it the way you would probably do it too. They snuck up on it and grabbed it by the tail. Oh, gosh. You know, kangaroos don't like that, though. (laughs) Oh, no shit. They don't like much. So the kangaroo turned around and (laughs) sucker punched the cop right in the face. (laughs) What a story to tell. That cop goes home to his family and, oh, my God, what happened to you? You got a black eye and a broken nose. You get punched by a kangaroo at work. I with the kangaroo. Okay. Were you out drinking again? No, man. The kangaroo fucking fought me. I swear to God, man. Oh, my God. That poor cop. Uh, um, apparently it was a minor injury. He was treated at the scene and he is fine. Okay, L- little good. ice in Advil and he's good. But what a story. What a story. Rogers Communications has been ordered to produce records related to the Competition Bureau's probe into their infinite wireless phone plans. The Bureau 
is investigating claims in Rogers' marketing campaigns, their advertising, that plans have unlimited data, despite a significant reduction in data speed after you hit a certain cap. So the Competition Bureau wants to determine if the marketing around this infinite wireless plan complies with the advertising provisions in the Competition Act that bar false or misleading claims to promote a service. Mm. I don't think if that is the case. They haven't made a determination yet. It's not like Rogers has been found guilty or anything, but the Competition Bureau is investigating, and they should. That's their job. I want to say that this wasn't intentional. I think in Rogers' mind, they truly are offering unlimited because they are. You you will always get data if you're on one of those plans. But it's true if you're at a cap of, say, 5 gigs a month or 10 gigs a month, once you hit that gap, they slow your data speed down so much that your phone is basically unusable. It, it's like using 3G speed great. when you're used to 5G. Yeah, it's not great. And and so I think the issue here is, is it false advertising to say it's unlimited, but it is slow, but it is also unlimited. So that's what they're questioning. Yeah. I mean, it's like that at other other phone companies. I'm with TELUS and I'm on a similar plan. I asked it for it to be capped and then it'll slow me down after. It's very rare though. I mean, I'm also realistic with my usage. And I think a big issue here is that people aren't. So let's say they're saying cap me at this and they know they're going to go over it. Then what the fuck are you doing? Just pay the money for the amount that you're actually using it. And I feel like that's where they're going to get screwed too is customers claiming that they'll use that 15 or something, but really they use like 30. You got to be realistic at the same time. For me, it ha- it's happened to me once in the entire almost three years I've had this plan where it's slowed down and it's only for like one day because I know my limit and I usually stay within it. <laughs> You know what I'd really like to see them do is finally crack down on some of the junk that's happening with our wireless companies. Is Rogers advertising something falsely here? I really don't think so. I don't think they see it that way because they are offering unlimited. The fact that it's so slow, though, is what has consumers angry. I would be angry, too. If I hit my cap and then it slows me down to 3G speed, even for a couple of days, I'm going to lose my shit. It is too slow. Your phone's almost not usable. So it's a bit of a perception thing. Ask Rogers, are you doing anything wrong? And they're going to say, no, we promised unlimited. This is unlimited. Ask a customer, they're going to say, it's not unlimited because it's so slow once you get throttled down that you almost can't even use your phone. It takes forever just to load tweets. It's messed up how slow they made it. I also realize like, I understand when you're paying for a product, but like, fuck, there's Wi-Fi everywhere. Like, where are you in the middle of the goddamn desert? Like, you're going to be able to figure it out. And even if it's for like one or two, and like I said, if it's not for one or two days, then you're on the wrong plan anyway. Get a plan that fits what you're using, what your user worth is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I hear what you're saying, but I also don't feel bad for those people. I really don't. I have 30 gigs a month. It's an old plan that I've been grandfathered in on. And one of the things that's always bothered me about cell phone companies, and and before I even tell you, I'll tell you right now that I'm a thousand percent right on this. Everybody knows I'm right on this and no one will do anything about it. How come if I pay for five gigs of data a month and I only use four, I don't have six gigs the next month. It's bullshit. If you pay for something, you should get what you pay for. I paid for five gigs. If I didn't use all five gigs, they should carry over. And maybe we even treat it like vacation time. Well, you can carry over one week of vacation, but you got to use it up by March or you lose it. Even something like that would be fine. But just to arbitrarily, oh, it's your renewal date and you didn't use all your data, so it's gone. What other scenario is it use it or lose it when you're making a purchase? 
Yeah, the small, there's a few, I want to say smaller phone companies that do the rollover, but I think they're on a month. It's a little bit different. It's not the exact same. You don't get as good of plans. And that's the thing is we can never have everything right. I feel like in these, when it comes to phone plans, nothing's perfect because either you're losing reception because you're with a company that may, who's maybe doesn't have as many towers as the next one, right? Mm-hmm. Or your, your plan is shit, but you're able to use it as much as you want, but it's slow as fuck. Or you can use this much, but if you don't use that much, you don't get anything the next month, like you're suggesting. I feel like there's nothing perfect. Like well, there's, there are no perfect ones. They're screwing us though, Kat. I mean, when you oh, think- for sure. When you we think back- We overpay for it. When you think back to the beginning, when phones still or first came out and they were charging you, what, like a buck a minute if you made a call before 7 p.m.? Absolutely outrageous. When you have your plan now, maybe you pay, what, 50 bucks a month, I'd say, on average, is the average person's phone bill? Let's say that's average, yeah. Okay, so 50 bucks a month and maybe you I get- think Maybe more now. You get five gigs, for example, with your plan. I still think if you don't use all five gigs, that extra data should roll over to the next month. But what if you go over? Not only will they not roll over your unused data, if you go over by even a megabyte, the charges are just completely sickening. You can pay 50 bucks and get five, six, seven gigs of data, but God help you if you go over, they'll charge you like 40 bucks for one gig. And clearly, that's not the cost to them. It's just ripping us off. It's gouging. And I don't understand why that's allowed to happen. Why has nobody reined that in and said, you guys are just ripping people off? It was one thing to charge us for long distance for all those years. Now to charge us for something that we didn't even use. I feel like these phone companies are getting more and more brazen and nobody. We have an entire national body that's in charge of regulating them and they're not regulating them. That slowdown thing that's in question here is one of the reasons, is one of the things they did put into play when people were arguing about that. Because I was one of those people that got stuck with a bill that was outrageous because I used an extra gig off my plan. So they changed it to this, but now people are still unhappy. So you see what I mean? I don't think we're ever going to get anything perfect. I, I really, I don't see it happening. You got to just figure out what's best for your lifestyle. And if that means you got to pay a little bit more for it, it sucks, but there aren't a lot of options. Well, I would truly love to see somebody step in here and say, Hey, listen, unlimited means unlimited, no screwing around, no playing with it and sell the unlimited for whatever you want. What is it? 50 bucks a month. They'll have to base the pricing on that, what I people mean, are willing start, to pay. But then, you know, if you want to add on this and add on that, I'd say it's more like 60 bucks. Okay. So say 60 bucks for unlimited data and it's unlimited data. That's the way it should be. If uh, somebody doesn't use all their data, they should get to carry it over. If you go over, no, they shouldn't be allowed to hammer you with a massive charge. that's like a 600% increase over what you're currently paying. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. And, and hopefully some better conversations start around the phone companies because we do pay more for cellular than any other country on earth. It's really bad here. Uh, yesterday, oh, we haven't heard from this prick in a while. Uh, Dr. Kieran Moore came out yesterday, Cat, mm-hmm. and he was announcing the, the status of Ontario health. So number one, this is important because nobody wants to get sick over the holidays. He says there's a lot of flu and a lot of COVID going around right now. But he's not introducing any new public health measures. That's something that has happened over the past couple of years. The the good doctor comes out around Christmas time and says, uh, don't go see your grandparents or you'll kill them. Uh, Don't get together with your aunts and uncles because somebody will die. Remember all that doom and gloom for a few years? I do. Now he's saying no new restrictions, but he will continue with risk communication. In other words, he'll let us know if the ERs are starting to fill up or whatever. Although... What is the situation in the hospitals? I've heard that they're they're getting more and more COVID patients in, but are they busy right now? I haven't been to a hospital in oh, ages. The, I mean, uh, e- knock on wood. If you're talking about the ERs, yeah, of course, they're still like the wait. The wait is still astronomical. Sure. 
The doctor, though, is quite disappointed in all of us, Kat. Uh, Dr. Moore says, of the eligible population to receive one of the new Pfizer or Moderna boosters, 13% got the shot, the updated booster. (laughs) Just 13% have got a booster. Think back to when they brought out the first two shots, the original series, shots one and two. We were up at like 90%. And then they brought out a booster and then they said, though, there may be more boosters in the future, even though they knew there were going to be more boosters in the future. Now we're at a point where only 13% of eligible people have gone to get one and only 40%, far less than half of people over 65 got it. That one's particularly interesting because even during COVID, older people were worried about COVID because it disproportionately affected them. Even they're over it. Only 40% of people over 65 in Ontario Got the shot. You know what I love about everything you just said, and there was an announcement and this and that, is that I didn't hear anybody talking about it. And like I love that. I love that. But here's the one thing that's true. We're about to head into party season. I know it's already begun for a lot of people. Holiday parties, get-togethers, friends, family. You're seeing this person. They're popping in here. Just if you're sick, I don't give a shit what it is. Stay away from people. Let's not spread it as much. I mean, we know this is the time of year. It spreads so fast. But please, if you're sick, just stay away. Can't, Can't, cancel the plans. We need to change our attitudes. You change What's your attitude. the problem with going back to 25% capacity in the restaurant? Stop. Life will continue. No, we trauma. need to stop moaning, face the reality, <laughs> and do the right thing. It's as simple as that. This- Where did that prick go? I know that he was oh, taking he a job over in the UK, in the UK or something. Yeah. He, he fucked right off. They buried as, him, though. As soon as people realize this fucking prick is the one who's like shaming Doug into shutting all these businesses down. And he doesn't even give a shit about yeah. people or business. And he left. He fucking just up and left in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, okay, but yes, let's all agree. Let, like, we don't need to worry about the other stuff. But please, just if you're sick, stay away. That's all. We need to stop moaning. And stop moaning. <laughs> stop fucking moaning. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sickness all on its own, isn't it? It certainly is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, let's do uh, a bit of a dive into this because, and it seems like we have to do this more and more often, there's been more massive job losses in the media industry. This time around, one that I thought was untouchable. CBC and Radio Canada are eliminating about 600 jobs because the public broadcaster is contending with a $125 million budget shortfall. $125 million. So CBC is going to lose about 250 jobs. The balance is going to be lost at Radio Canada. Most of it comes from their corporate divisions like technology and infrastructure. The CBC also says 200 currently vacant positions are just being eliminated. In other words, help wanted ad today. Bye. The position doesn't yeah. exist tomorrow. A raced off monster. Do people still go to monster? I don't know. Along with the job cuts, CBC says they'll be reducing its English and French programming budgets. So we're going to do a little commentary around this. But before we do, 
We're going to play a little bit of the CBC president last night on the CBC. Really good interview. I hope you can stick around and hear this. I also just want to say that it fucking sucks that all these job losses are happening now, nobody, right before Christmas. Nobody wants to see it. It was. It's horrible that the, it's real easy to hate the CBC. And believe me, I I don't feel very different from the, those of you who do. I, I don't like the CBC, but namely because I, I love what they do and what they represent. And yeah, they do go and serve underserved areas in a lot of cases. Uh, and, and they do present Canadian news without some of the uh, what's the best way to say it? I mean, we've got our CTV and we've got our global and we've got our Rogers city stations and stuff like that. Without CB- being like overly competitive. Like that's the thing with them is they didn't worry too much about the competition because they knew that they were just their own thing. Yeah. And, right? they, and they get a lot of government funding. If they don't sell enough commercials, it's not like the broadcast is going to go off the air because yeah. they just get government funding. It is like that for the private broadcasters though. And a bit of an unlevel playing field there. However, the CBC, I, I appreciate what they do and what they represent. My problem is, and they still don't understand it themselves, is how incredibly biased they are. And I think people, by and large, are angry at the CBC because it's not reflective of how they feel. They don't feel represented watching the CBC. And it's easy to hate and say, yeah, fuck them, yeah, cut them, slash their budgets, defund them, this, that, and the other thing. The reality is there's people on the other end of that. 600 families are now upended because of this. And there is a reason for it, and I'd like to introduce you to her. Her name is Catherine Tate, and she's the president of the CBC. Just so everybody knows, keep this in mind as you're listening to some of this. The CBC right now has 143 directors. Not on-air people, not producers. Mm -hmm. These are trustees, board of directors people. 143 directors. That's insane. That get an average salary just to be on the board at the CBC of $131,000 a year at a cost of $18.7 million a year to the taxpayer. Now, CBC's president and CEO here, Catherine Tate, her salary is much different. She makes between $458,500 a year and $540,300 a year. On top of making $540,000 a year, she also gets a 28% performance award. It's a bonus of up to $150,000 a year. We pay this. Hey man, you take the job too. You don't have to call her that. She just cost 600 people their job. And let's see why. Was it her choice? Yeah. Thank you for joining us. And I'm I'm curious, based on the cuts today, roughly roughly 10% of the workforce, what changes will Canadians notice? Well, I hope very much that they won't notice too much because we're not just taking a razor cut <laughs> across the board. I mean, what a dumb a, thing to say. That Why would anyone care say. if that's the... Well, you, hopefully you won't notice hopefully much. Hopefully you don't notice. Like, well, I think we're here for the press conference because we did notice. I mean, this is what you get, though, when you put one of these CEOs in charge who really doesn't understand their own product. Um, Adrian, what we tried to do in each of our... Um, divisions is look at strategically how could we do and deliver our programming to Canadians in a more efficient fashion. So wherever possible, uh, doubling down on technology and automation. So my hope is that certainly in local news and in the regions, there won't be that dramatic an impact for our audiences. Well, if the audiences aren't going to notice that much of a dramatic impact, Did you need those positions? 
That's a fabulous question. Well, this is the question. This is the question. You mentioned this when we were talking about Spotify's. They built up their staff so much because there was money coming in like crazy. And in the CBC, it's different. Not only do they have ad revenue, they also have government funding. So yeah, probably their, their payrolls just got way too big. But she'll explain here. Well, we've been operating as a public broadcaster in traditional television and radio for 80 years. So we have a lot of, um, of talent and, um, and positions in the company that over the years, as we trans- transition to gi- digital, we've been able to evolve how we, how we produce our content. But having said that, I didn't finish my thought. Where the public may, in fact, see some differences. She just realized, oh, shit, this is not what I'm supposed to be saying. Yeah, yeah. Where we have um, also announced a cut of 40 million in programming. So that's 25 million for CBC and 15 million for Radio Canada. So fewer programs, uh, new, new programs on GEM, for example. Perhaps not all the renewals of your favorite um, series and perhaps fewer episodes of some of your favorite series. And so when do you think those changes will be noticeable? As I said today, what, we're, what we've done in this um, plan is a progressive, gradual rollout of cuts over 12 months. And as painful as that is, uh, our thought was we needed to be fully transparent because we are in bargaining with our um, Canada Media Guild. So what then won't be cut? So in other words, what won't you touch? Well, I have to say, Adrian, every single department, every division in the company, for it to reach a number as big as 125 million, everybody had to give. And so we are not, there isn't one area that won't be touched. What we did was we tried to make decisions deliberately and thoughtfully so that we can plan for the future. I want to talk about journalism for a moment. You know, we've, we've seen some of CBC's competitors cut the vast majority of their foreign reporting, their in-depth reporting at a time when it's never been more important. CBC also has a presence in smaller communities in Canada that others don't. Will you touch those areas too? When we went into this um, exercise, we communicated with all of our leaders, let us protect as much as we can our journalism and let us protect the priorities that we've stated time and time again with respect to equity and diversity about improving improving representation on our screens and behind the camera. How did it get to this point? This is a great question. How did it get to this point? How did we get to a point where the CBC is, even with all the revenue, short $125 million? I mean, she said it at the beginning herself. Their staff got way too bloated. Mm -hmm. Their staff did get too big. And you know what? They're not the only ones. Staff at All of the media companies got bloated. We talked about Spotify earlier. Their staff got too bloated and they've trimmed it back down. How did the CBC get to a point where they can let 600 people go and viewers will notice very minimal impact and they'll continue to serve the communities they serve? That tells me everything I need to know right there. You know? Is that they they over- employed themselves Overemployed's a great way to put it and i and i wonder if part part of that has to do with the amount of people i'm not sure i'm not going to speak i guess exactly to like cbc toronto air like the the main canadian broadcasting in toronto i know there's a lot of people still working from home though and i, I wonder how many people just kind of flew under the radar because of that 
That's a great one. Like not who are not in the productions, you know, who are not don't need to be there. There's a lot of people working from home. And I wonder how many of them until you saw the numbers and you tried to crunch them and went, oh, fuck, we still got 57 people in this department. We need five. Yeah. Like, we don't need that many. But, I mean, that's the kind of waste that was going on. It's no secret that when you're a government entity, your budget is what you need. And if you don't spend your whole budget, they cut your budget next year. You lose it. If you don't use it this year, you'll lose it next year. So, in this case, they had become so accustomed to having so many staff and spending just atrocious amounts of of money on payroll, and they were able to do it because they did have the backstop of that government funding. Again, whether they sell any advertising or not, whether people do or don't subscribe to GEM, doesn't really matter. It's not like City and Global and CTV where they live and die by their ratings and they live and die by their sales and, and revenue from advertisers. CBC never really had that problem. You know, if CTV through TSN, teamed up with Sportsnet and Rogers and wanted to cover the Olympics. Not only did they have to staff it, not only did they have to sell all the the sponsorships to be able to accommodate that, they also had to compete with the CBC for the rights. The CBC didn't have to save up any money because they could just use government money to do it. And if they didn't sell enough ads, ah, fuck it. Well, now we've got 600 people being let go. And while that number sounds atrocious right off the top and it sounds horrible for the state of journalism, A, they probably shouldn't have had that many employees in the first place. That falls squarely here on Catherine. And number two is the the CBC was clearly not at all efficient. You have to run every business efficiently or you're just throwing away money. And I don't think they ever looked at the CBC as a business. I I never really agreed with defunding the CBC. I I don't think Pierre Polyev is right about that. I, I think that the CBC just has to pick a lane. They're either selling advertising and competing against private broadcasters, or they stay out of the advertising market and go commercial free and just rely on government funding. Here's a little bit more of Catherine. Services, all of that has created a perfect storm and the pressure, the unbelievably fierce competition from the foreign streamers that accelerated and was amplified coming out during the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic. So CBC launches CBC Music, and and now they're pissed off that Spotify is so much more successful. I would say the same thing to them as I'd say to any other media outlet. What did you do to innovate? I mean, if people are choosing Spotify over CBC Music, clearly Spotify has got something going on. To then go to Spotify and say, well, you got to give us $100 million of the dollars that you earned because we're not doing as well. That, I feel, is crazy. Sounds like something that's spread very thin. We are enormously spread thin. I mean, it's just incredible. This organization has the same budget that it had 30 years ago when it was only doing television and radio. Not only, mostly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And today we do television, we do streaming video, we do radio, we do podcasts, and we're online with cbc.ca. So we have incredibly expanded because we had to. We had to go where the audience was going. And yet, we don't want to abandon our loyal um, audience that's still watching us on TV or listening to us on radio. So that- It's a little misleading because, again, I'll use the example of the private television broadcasters who live in the exact same circumstance. She makes it seem like CBC- Well, we had to expand into digital. We had to expand into this. We had to expand into that and come with all these extra people. I mean, Global did it. 
They had to do the exact same expansion. Yeah. CTV had to do it. They had to do the exact same thing. And in case you haven't been following along, Global, City, CTV, they've been laying people off like crazy for several years now. It's just now that it's catching up to the CBC and the 600 number seems outrageous. But in reality, these cuts have been coming for a long time. Mm -hmm. In order to be viable as a media outlet, you need to make cuts and you need to be as lean as possible. Or you do in this current advertising environment anyway. That's the spreading thin part, for sure. But when, when someone in your, in your life is spread too thin and, and you're having an honest conversation about it, very often the most basic advice is you've got too much on your plate, right? Something's got to go. So what's got to go? Well, in this exercise, what we really asked ourselves is, is there a way we can do it smarter, better, and more efficiently? So in terms of production and we will reduce the number of shows overall. And so we'll have to make those hard choices in the coming months. You know, I don't think that's what Adrian was asking. I think she asked, you've got so many different arms and, and yeah. leaves on the tree. Is, is it now time for the CBC to say, you know what? We need to present news and information and Canadian content to Canadian people, particularly in underserved areas. So we're going to have to cut out Gem. We're going to have to cut out the streaming service. We're going to have to cut CBC Music or the podcast or something. Because, no, you can't be all things to all people. And if you do want to do that, you've got to step up your game. I feel like it's more difficult to try to spread out your your cuts in that way as well. Like, I feel like you might have to cut off a branch. And hopefully you can regrow it later on down the line when you're doing better. And, And that's typically how it does work. Yeah. So the fact that she's not confirming just, I don't know, leads me to believe that she's unsure, which is actually also kind of a more scary thing as well, which means they have to do a little more digging and a little more research, which wouldn't you have already kind of had an idea? Or is she just not sharing it because she doesn't want people who are currently working to be freaking out? And speaking of which, people are currently working, they are freaking out right now. When is this actually happening? Uh, Over the next 12 months, she said. So just you'll be handed it and the day you'll just be walking out. Yep. You just don't know. That's right. Let's play just a little bit more. There's two more questions from Adrian I want to get in because I think we're closer to what the big problem is. Let's go again to last night. It was CBC The National, Adrian Arsenault, interviewing the CEO of the CBC. News that we earn in our own country. What about CBC going ad-free? Well, you know, a lot of people feel that they'd like to to see an ad-free CBC. And, of course, we are ad-free on radio, and there's some great advantages to that. But today, that portion of our budget is considerable, over $250 million and even more during an Olympics uh, Games year. So if we had to cut $250 million without advertising, that would be a very, very deep cut to services to Canadians. And that's always been... Um, the balancing act. Uh, We live with the advertising and by the way it brings us closer to the market in many ways and um, but it does it does fund a lot of our programs. It also is competition for private broadcasters who who live and die by their bottom line. They don't get the government bailout and a lot of people have a problem with that. But here's the final question that everybody should hear. Everyone, please remember what the CEO of the CBC said on December 4th on The National. Here's the question. I'm just just curious about something. I'm going to presume no bonuses this year. I mean, the Canadian Taxpayer Federation said a Freedom of Information request showed $16 million were paid in bonuses in 2022. Can we establish that that is not happening this year? 
it's too early to say where we are for the, for this year. We'll be looking at that like we do all our uh, line items in the coming months. So there's a there's a chance bonuses could still happen at a time when jobs are being cut. I, again, I, I'm not going to comment on something that hasn't been discussed at this point. So, okay. Well, detractors say that you've heard it. This country doesn't need the CBC. Won't a CBC that's able to do less in a way make the case for them? I believe that Canadians, and I know that 75% of Canadians still consider CBC a trusted source of credible news. Well, she's looking at where, old numbers because 55% <laughs> of the country trusts none of Just the Canadian nobody. media. Hey, you know, anyway. it's funny because she will not commit to not paying out bonuses. And frankly, I don't understand that. When did a bonus stop being for good work? And clearly, she, she has not one. done good work. She just had to lay off 600 of her employees. The thought that she could get a bonus of 150000 Is insane. On top of her $540,000 salary. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. This is incompetence. It's, it's bad. I, I'm just, I feel sad for those employees and again, it's not just the people you see on air. It's behind the scenes, the producers, the writers. Oh, my God. The, the, all of it. I, I just feel so bad for all of them. And they won't look inward. You know, here's a CBC executive that's not even going to talk about cutting bonuses because she wants her bonus. They've got that big ivory tower right on Front Street there, downtown Toronto. And that's just their Toronto office. They've got offices like that around the country. You know, when, when you're looking at what to cut, a lot of news organizations, like Global, for example, they'll have a Washington bureau. They might have a London bureau that covers sort of all of their European stories. CBC has got bureaus all over the world, and they're paying for all of those. There's a reason that they get, what was it, $250 million a year in ad revenue, plus $1.2 billion from the taxpayers. They have Susan Ormiston, one of, uh, just a brilliant reporter, who's now apparently their climate change correspondent. CTV can't afford a climate change correspondent, let alone someone with the credentials of Susan. Global can't afford a climate change correspondent. Fly him over to Dubai for a week. Last week over in, in wherever there was flooding or a volcano erupting. What kind of a gig is that and how much does that pay? Because I'll bet it's a great gig. But I mean, that's not the reality of how the news business works in 2023. And that's the reason the CBC is in this position. So... Well, you, I'm sure you do have some hate for the CBC. I'm sure many people who listen to this pod do. Especially if they're listening to this one. Try and be, try and be <laughs> compassionate for the people who yes. lost their job. Well, that's where I'm at. Without losing the message that the CBC needs massive reform. And yeah. clearly this woman here is part of the problem when she won't commit to not paying bonuses. You, you bet your ass the Bank of Canada is going to pay themselves bonuses this year. All of these organizations are going to pay bonuses. And what real value are we getting? Did they do a good job? Can Catherine look in the mirror and say, everything's going great. We're doing a good job. I don't know. I mean, to hang their hats on, well, we serve underserved communities. You do it because it's not lucrative right now for the private broadcasters to do it. Good on you for having a... Because you're the one who does. That's why. Right. I mean, it's fine that you guys have got a CBC office in, I don't know, Yellowknife. Great. A an underserved area, they probably need the CBC. But to pretend like if you didn't do it, nobody would, that's also misleading. I mean, mm -hmm. if there wasn't one in Yellowknife and somebody sees a business case for that, then sure, they'll open up a bureau in Yellowknife. It's just frustrating because it didn't need to be this way and all those people didn't need to lose their job. And let's just keep sight of the fact that this is just a moment in time. This is just right now. How many cuts are coming in 2024? 
How many people are going to lose their job in other forms of media? It's almost like they they dare each other. Like, get this announcement in before CTV does their annual call or before Rogers does their annual call. Mm. It's so frustrating. That's gross. <sighs> All right. Well, CBC. I am thinking about those people. I've got some friends in CBC. They're nef- definitely going to be knocking on other doors, no doubt about it, because they'll be afraid. I don't know if there is a right or wrong answer, so it's just an opinion, but... Do you think maybe it is time for CBC to say, you know what, we're really good at journalism, we're really good at Canadiana, so let's get back to doing Canadian TV programming and news, and and let's get rid of the podcasts, get rid of CBC Music, get rid of all these extra arms. How about get rid of anything that's not profitable? I mean, yes, getting rid of stuff that's not profitable is a smart business move anyway, as much as it might impact those who do enjoy it. For me, I think that Canadian content is good. We've actually had so many amazing shows coming from CBC, Related Money. And I think about some of the biggest shows that ended up being around the world. Shit's Creek being one of them. Working Moms, great fucking show. Dragon's Den. Dragon's Den, Kim's Convenience, all of these shows that all stemmed from CBC. So I I would be fully against them do, getting away with that because what you'd be doing is stopping those creative minds that are that are here in Canada. They are homegrown. Don't let them go to the States and create these shows. Keep them at home. So I would be really against them touching anything television related. Now, that's me personally. I understand there's some people who are maybe all about the CBC radio stuff or the, maybe the more of their podcasting stuff, and that's totally fine. But if it doesn't generate revenue and get people talking, you have to take a look at it, in my opinion. There really does need to be a use it or lose it policy here for Canadians as well. I mean, we're paying $1.2 billion a year for this, and if nobody is watching it, then why are we paying that money? CBC, I think, has really got to refocus on what they're good at, and they've really got to look in the mirror and ask themselves, are we serving Canadians? When 55% of the country has no trust in the Canadian media, more than half, that's a big problem. Maybe the CBC should be looking at people like Catherine Tate here, and they should be looking at their editorial board and asking, are we really speaking to our viewers? Are we really doing the service that we set out to provide? You know, they come on all the time and say we hold the government to account, but 55% of the country strongly disagrees with that. I do feel bad for those people, and hopefully they land on their feet. Unfortunately, there's not exactly new radio and TV stations opening up every day, so I don't no. love their prospects for getting another job in a timely fashion. No, nor do I. They'll probably all become uh, realtors in no time. <laughs> <laughs> do they want to be subway cops? Because apparently they're hiring. <laughs> there's a you know there's a few more because they will have an uptick next year, I think. So they got to look into that. But for now, unfortunately, it's not the case for media. Have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday, everybody. We are three weeks away from Boxing Day. Tomorrow, we will be back with another episode of After 9. And in the meantime, you do whatever you do when you're not listening do to Do your this. things. You do, your, you do yourself. <laughs> do your stuff. Do your stuff. Bye. Time just released their short list for the 2023 Person of the Year, which includes Taylor Swift, Barbie, and Hollywood Strikers. And I'll save you the suspense is Taylor Swift. <laughs> The University of Minnesota has announced it will launch a new cannabis research center, or as they're more commonly known, dorms. <laughs> yep, Christmas is just a few weeks away, and according to a new poll, 77% of people plan on using a fake tree. While the rest enjoy the tradition of buying a real tree, then forgetting to water it until it dies. 